You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. Hi there, Steph here, and you are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and this is episode number 74, and in it, I am thrilled to have Denise joining me, and Denise is a reader and podcast listener from Germany, and so enjoy, relax. A lot was discussed here, and it was just so wonderful and such a kind of flowing and just fluent and authentic giving and taking of our conversation. And I think you're really, really, really going to enjoy it. So thank you, Denise. Thank you for spending time with me. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story. I know it's going to resonate with so many people and you will have helped an awful lot by sharing your story. Thank you. Welcome to episode 74 of the Slow Living Podcast, and you heard a bit of a sneak peek of my brand new friend, Denise, who I get to see through Zoom today, and she is in Germany, and I love everything about the fact that uh, Denise is here today to share her story, because sometimes... I don't know. I feel a little lonely talking to myself and typing to myself. So knowing that there's real people out there is just uh, invigorating to me. So thank you, Denise. Thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you very much, Steph, for inviting me. I mean, this is something special for me. Uh, yeah, as I told you, it's it's giving back a bit uh, for all the things, all the good ideas you're mentioning to us. And um, yeah, you inspired me in many ways. And I hope you can understand my German accent, but I think in California, you're used to the German accent, aren't you, with a governor, the former <laughs> governor? <laughs> so, okay, so our governor is Gavin Newsom. Is he Is he German? No, I, I was thinking of Arnold oh, Schwarzenegger. Oh, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> he's Austrian, right? Yeah, he is. The, yeah, the governor. The German. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, okay. so I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area and we get a lot of tourists. So accents do not throw me off in any way whatsoever. But I was joking with um with a friend of mine. I am I I, I don't want to say a stereotypical kind of self-absorbed American, but I guess I am a little bit. And and she says, Well, if you went to Italy would you order in English or Italian? And I said, I would order in English. And she says, and she was making fun of me. And she's like, well, that's disrespectful. And I said, I know, but I felt I would feel like butchering their language would be <laughs> more disrespectful. And and then, and this is where I'm a stereotypical, inappropriate American. And I said, and chances are they know English anyway, which is not nice of me. It's not nice of me, Denise. So it's something I have to work on. I know that. Yeah, I, I think there are two kind of people, those who feel annoyed and those who really appreciate any effort you give uh, yeah, trying to speak the other language. I think this is, yeah, depends on people you meet. So I, I do not... Uh, I do not think you should put some some burden on you in that. 
So, well, um, so yeah, I'm okay with putting some burden on myself because it pointed out that I have a little bit of an arrogant side in that regard. And I really should work on that. And I don't travel much. I, I honestly do not travel much. The The kids are ages and stages in that spending money on on travel isn't something that we're doing right now, but eventually we will. And eventually I will have more time and I, I should do some languaging. I, yeah, I know that about myself. Sure. I'm okay. I'm okay with shining a flashlight on my blind spots. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all about connection. So if you would like to have connection and relation with people, you need to try to find some ways of communicating. And this doesn't, it's not necessarily the language itself. Some people say it's the music or it's, it's only, uh, yeah, how you express yourself in arts or so. I, I think this is, um, yeah, there are different levels and, and everybody would have his or her own uh, kind of approach. Um, for me, um, the English language is the means to connect the world. So uh, I have a lot of international friends and I have a lot of in relations internationally. So I think this is key for me and therefore I love it. So the others have to bear my accent. I like your accent. I think it's great. So I, I, I reached out to my email list. And so I know you're on my email list and I just said, I'd like to get to know you. And if you have a slow living short, uh, excuse me, if you have a slow living story to share, write back to me and let me know. And if you're game to being interviewed on the podcast, let me know. And you wrote back quickly. Yeah, I, I, I do have one. Actually, I'm, I'm a woman in a transition phase. So transition from that, what you're promoting very well every day, being a mom of several children, so I have four, um, and being tied up with all those responsibilities day by day. Um, so I, I always regard myself as the all things caring mom for the whole family, being responsible for everything, um, also for my husband and, and yeah, pretty much what you keep saying and um, starting with, yeah, uh, providing food, providing care uh, when they are very young, having a look on the school's results, um, being a room parent, being, um, yeah, it's those, the people, the person who takes care of the homework um, with the kids and so on and so on. And beside that, as most of the women nowadays, also working, yeah. So this is a transition that has, uh, occurred in Germany slow, more slowly, I think, than in the U.S. So we have quite some people of my generation, some women who are not working at all, but most of us do. And for me, it started quite early with the kids. So I was 24 when I, I uh, got pregnant with my first child with my daughter, and I was still studying at uh, university. And um this wasn't so easy, but it was very beneficial for us because we we never considered the advantages and disadvantages uh, of having that now the right, correct time. So we started with the kids there and somehow it worked. Um, so I've, I graduated uh, in 1995 from engineering geology 
And it was clear because that time I had already two, uh, I could not work uh, on a construction site. On it. So I was concentrating that time on, on tunneling. And you can imagine having a three-shift uh, responsibility on a, on a construction site. It's, it is senseless. So it cannot be. And therefore, I orientated myself and I, I was looking for some other options. And I found that I'm quite good in, in pedagogics and uh, that I could give some courses and, and also some support at schools uh, in didactics or physics. So I was always interested in these uh, STEM subject, subjects. And so over the course of the year, uh, my family grew and uh, my responsibilities at work grew. Mm -hmm. And I was also some yeah um, freelancer for quite a long time. So eight years I, I did the with my own company so I had kind of consulting um yeah and uh, everything seemed to be fine and we were living that time in Switzerland okay and um yeah after quite a while um there and I, I saw that everything is going to be successful kids get more mature my husband uh, had a job opportunity in the east part of Germany in Dresden <laughs> And I had to quit everything, and I had to quit all my the people I worked for, and so on, and so mm. on. So I, I had to restart. Yeah, and um, I restarted again, and I started again, and I did my PhD in material science because this was the only option that I could have, and it turned out to be really, um, yeah, the the thing that I should have done or already earlier. So it was really a gift that I could do that again and study and 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 develop myself was there then, was there hesitation at all that you didn't want to move or was it just kind of this is what we're doing now and and this is what the family is doing there was a lot of hesitation from my side uh, I knew that it was really sensitive to do so but um, emotionally it was it was a break and, yeah. and it was also a big, big challenge for my children mm -hmm. because they had to change the school system. So it's completely different. So, for, for example, starting with the first uh, foreign language in Switzerland is French, yeah. not English. Okay. And uh, they came here and expectation was, of course, that they are already way more mature in, in English and um so we sent my 12-year-old to Canada, to Canada to some friends just to get some English knowledge okay. within six weeks. So this was a challenge, yeah. So in, in the six weeks, it was kind of like an immersion, like you're, we're just going to immerse you in English for six weeks yeah, by living in Canada? Yeah. So she Okay. There. So then does that mean that your children have three languages, four languages? No, no three. 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 Okay. Actually, German. English and French, yeah. Or German, English, and French. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I did my way here, and uh, I was lucky in a way, and and I figured that out, and I tried to to regard the positive side of it that there is much better childcare in the east part of Germany than in Switzerland. Okay. Because yeah, the approach is different. So the perception of women what they should do is quite different because of the former GDR notion still communist idea so everybody was working male and female as well and so all children 
okay. had been take, take, uh, taken care uh, in, in childcare. So this was not usual in west part of Germany as well, even worse in, in Switzerland that time. Mm. Yeah, so... So Just the, the perception, the perception of the countries here is that maternity leave and taking care of your children is a much longer and, and more involved process. So here, quote unquote, maternity leave is, is six weeks or 12 weeks, and then that's it. And I, I, I know in, in the different kind of like attachment parenting and, and breastfeeding circles, it's putting Switzerland and, and, and I want to say Finland maybe on a pedestal that they get an entire year off of paid maternity leave. Is that correct? I cannot tell you exactly for Switzerland. I only okay. know for Germany when I was in that situation. Nowadays, the, the regulations have also changed, even for the better. But okay. for me, it was that time we had um, three months Okay, so 12 weeks, yeah. 12 weeks off, uh, which had been paid. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, you could stay home. This was uh, allowed by law, so every employer should obey to that if, if the lady wants, uh, mm -hmm. up to three years, but not paid. <laughs> okay. so you could, but you, you could wouldn't lose your job. They could not fire you, but uh, you, you didn't have any payment. Okay. Uh, it has changed a bit, I think, now, um, but I'm a little bit too much away to say the exact regulation. Right, right. No, I, I, no, I understand your children are much older. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. In, in your decision-making, you're, you're moving from one country, you're putting all of your children into a new school. You went back to school yourself for a PhD. So you must have been doing an awful lot. It was. It was incredible. So I I had a tight schedule. So I, I had really, yeah, everything had to be on time. Uh, and I I had re really a timetable for, for every day. And um, yeah, in some situations it was like, yeah, that I, in, at four in, in the afternoon, I was already writing some lists what to go for groceries and and uh, what I have to cook in the evening and so on and so on. So this was actually the time when I first started thinking about how to get this cooking better. <laughs> so this is the, the moment when I when I uh, found this crock pot. <laughs> so I think this is the way I found you then in the end. So um but uh, I, I had to find some solutions on that yeah. because I, I didn't want my kids just to, to uh, only eat the takeaway and, and just right. have this unhealthy food. And uh, I just want to have also or sustain this family situation, the dinner situation, where you just enjoy being together and, and share meal. I think this is something very precious that you should never neglect. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because... When depending on the ages and stages of your children and what homework looks like and after school activities, sometimes those evening hours, it are it's just so cram packed that you can't actually even write down all of the things that you're doing. Um, that now I'm emptying the dishwasher. Now I'm like like there's just it's a, a whirlwind, and so um. So I agree that that during that busy time for our family, having dinner already 
complete <laughs> when we walked in the door. Um, it yeah. was a relief that I didn't have to rethink about something. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. And it's it's kind of that somebody is taking care of you if everything is already prepared. I yeah. mean, this is, you could can rely on an artificial thought person that is taking care of the kitchen because yeah. you do not have to take care of it anymore and it's simply done. And actually this principle is something that I, I made my, my principle for a lot of things. So getting things done, getting things to the end, not leaving open spots mm. so that you do not have to pick them up at a later moment. Yeah. This is something in, in my young age. So in my, when I was a young girl, I, I struggled a lot with, I was procrastinating a lot. So, But uh, this was the moment there was no choice. Yeah. I had to be disciplined and I had to think, get things done at a certain point because I knew when I postponed that to a later moment, I, I would have struggled a lot and this would right. have been so painful. And um, yeah, this was this was my principle. And then if it didn't work out, I I, I uh, introduced to myself and I, re I really thought about that later in later years uh, often, but I, I established for me a principle that I called uh, the the messy kitchen principle. So uh, if you if you didn't manage to clear up the kitchen in the morning, and you return from work and the kids were hungry, what is the choice? Are you starting to clean the kitchen or are you preparing the meal? Right. And I recognized for myself do things that aren't a priority number one, and this was having a meal. Right. And while the meal was already cooking itself after a while, I could have a lot of time just to do the uh, dishwasher and, and whatever. But I learned a lot. And when I look at my friends, a lot did it the other way around. So they, yeah. they only thought I can only start cooking if the kitchen is not messy. Right. And you can you, the cooking. You, you can. So it's really interesting. It's a perfectionist characteristic in that mm -hmm. it has to be done this way and this way only. And, and a lot of it is ingrained in, in that we were taught this way, that, that there's a right way and a wrong way. Um, but dinner is dinner is dinner. And uh, and I absolutely agree with you. And in cutting, cutting yourself and especially women in general, slack and grace. Um, it's so important. And I think we beat ourselves up in our brain an awful lot of thinking it, it has to look a certain way or be a certain way. And I absolutely agree with you. I prefer to cook in a clean kitchen, um, absolutely. but there's no maid swooping in and, and cleaning it if I'm out of the house. <laughs> so, so it, it is on me, but, but you're right. You can chop an onion, throw it into a pan and have it saute. And while it's sauteing, you can wash a few dishes or, or empty the dishwasher. I absolutely agree with you. So the met, the messy kitchen principle, I think, um, I think that's important, Denise. And I think that is a really good takeaway that it's just, okay. Same, same with, um, when you've got little babies in the house and they want to sit on the couch and cuddle with you. And you mm -hmm. think, oh, well, I can't because there's a pile of laundry there. No, yeah, exactly. It's okay. <laughs> let, let the laundry sit and enjoy the babies. Re read the book. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is something that I, I reflected quite a lot because I did it in a way intuitively. But then I, I felt that I have to apply also this principle on other aspects in my life. And actually, so I did my PhD. I mean, it was not that easy, I have to admit, to have four kids in the challenging uh, ages. So that yeah. my, my two elder ones, they were just teens. then, And uh, with all the puberty stuff that was going on there. And uh, it was it was challenging. Um, but I enjoyed it. And it was really refreshing for me working together with these younger people again. Um, but it was the same principle. Uh, starting with that, what can be done and what is really important, having a conference in front of me where I should contribute and I have a great opportunity to present something from my work. I do not need to be 100% mm. perfect with my lab equipment in that very moment. I could get everything perfect after I returned from the conference. By the way, I was in San Francisco, the first conference I attended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, what is that phrase? Um, perfect is the enemy of done. So if, if you're constantly trying to perfect, you'll never actually get anything done because there's truly no such thing. You can always find fault. If, if you're constantly looking for fault, you will find it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean... The backlash of the whole thing is, and this is about the, coming back to my transition now, of course, you have to do compromises. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's not everything feasible. It's not everything comes to that point that you would like to have it for each single action you do in your life. And um, it is also very, very dense, the life. So there's very little time to take a breath, yeah, to lean back and to reflect. And this sometimes um, prevented me also from rethinking about my emotional situation. So I was just doing one thing after the other and I obeyed to the to the schedule. So it was, yeah, yeah I, I had to. I mean, you you never questioned that or I at least I, I never yeah. questioned that. Um, and I mean, it was beneficial for a certain amount of time, but now the kids are out of the nest. So my youngest mm -hmm. one left for the university last year. And now I have some moments mm -hmm. that I can reflect mm -hmm. and I can feel deeper about my emotions. What What is my situation now? How, how does it look like? Mm -hmm. Or how do I feel about it? Um, and it is also in a way challenging it's not only beneficial because you suddenly discover okay yeah. not everything that you're doing not every choice you did was maybe that what you really emotionally wanted yeah there's a lot of self-forgiveness of your younger version of you that kind of comes up when you look back. So some things you look back in rose colored glasses and you think, ah, that was just amazing and wonderful. Even though when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't feel amazing and wonderful. But then there's other times when you look back and you realize I could have handled that a bit better. I, I was a little snappy. I was a little yelly. I, I was flippant when I shouldn't have been. And then dealing and processing with those thoughts and feelings and emotions, that's the work 
and, 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 and truly feeling them rather than numbing them out or shoving them aside. Um, and, and it, it happens, it, it, you're sort of forced to come to that terms. I mean, hopefully and thankfully you're doing it when you're young enough and healthy enough that you can, um, delve into them versus like on your deathbed and you have all these regrets. And I'm yeah. just using that as a metaphor. I know you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, I mean, this would be the big ones if you would have regrets. It's not the kind that I had made some wrong decisions on on my right way. So no, no, I'm I'm talking it's, about little things like all of a sudden it's 8.15 at night and the dishwasher overflows and you're yelling. <laughs> Those are the kind of regrets that I have. Oh, okay, I think everybody knows that situation. <laughs> um, yeah, but what what is really important to me is knowing who I am. Um, and it was quite comfortable to lean on that schedule, this tight schedule, not to rethink that. I mean, this mm. is also kind of a, let's say, laziness in a way. Uh Sometimes it was really comfortable not to think too deep into what who I am, but I could not refrain from that anymore because there was not that tight schedule anymore. I'm, although I'm a, I'm really as a manager, I, I have a lot of duties and I'm traveling internationally and and so on. So I, I could also hide behind my schedule, my business schedule. Right. But uh, I think. I have more spaces and uh, times where I can just sit aside me or look into the mirror and say, what did you do? Or isn't that what I want to be? And uh, yeah, so what I figured out in the last year, in the last 12 months, I I know what I can and I'm absolutely aware of what I cannot. Mm. Um which I formerly did not accept so much. I, I, I never accepted that I there are things I would not be able to. Mm-hmm. So I always had the notion that if I only worked enough, I I could ap- approach everything, mm-hmm. which is certainly nonsense. I mean, <laughs> if you look at that deeper, but this was a little bit kind of my, my uh, self-perception. And I now can say, first of all, it's not necessary that I can do that because nobody expects me, no. nor do I. Right. Um, and on the other hand, it's good also to give other people the respect that they are doing things, that they can do things that I cannot. Um, just um, knowing that I have some talents that I can give, that I can feedback to to the society that I can give back, um, bring into my company, bring in to my family, bring into other relatives. So I, I think there is a lot of, of things that I can bring in, but there are definitely things that I'm weaker than others. And that's okay. What I could not accept before, but it's okay. Yeah. I th- um, so you, you had mentioned looking in the mirror. Do you do mirror work? Do you talk to yourself in the mirror? Uh, not consequently, certainly, but, uh, from time to time it happens. So, yeah. um, particularly do you, when, when I- do you 
feel like you're going back and um, sort of comforting and and talking to you of a few years ago and and telling her, you know, you did a really good job. You've got a lot going for you. You're you're pretty awesome. You made some great choices and decisions, and and uh, it's pretty remarkable all of the things you've done and accomplished. Yeah, actually, that's exactly the development I underwent in the last twelve month month month. I never did it before, but um, I think this extra space I got timely and also yeah from space because I could simply sit in one room and nobody entering uh, all of a sudden. So yeah. this is something that that I really could reflect that and I found out that I could did some things, yeah, not, not yeah. so bad. And um, and I'm thankful for that. And it, it's it's not congratulating myself for that. It's it's more kind of a a big, big thankfulness that I have that I could experience that, mm -hmm. uh, that I had the power to decide things that I, that I, okay, I was also fortunate, of course, huh? this is nothing that you have in your hands, but you, I was fortunate to meet the right people at the right time. Um, but that I could grab that situations and make something out of it. And that I could develop them for on my purpose. Yeah. Not, yeah. I, I think this is. Yeah. This is I, I, I agree with you and I can see how it would um, for at times perhaps be difficult to grapple with that you are, are lucky and fortunate and, um, and privileged perhaps maybe in some ways, but then when the opportunities come, you recognize them and, and you have to, to actually do something with it. Whereas some people could have been born into similar luck and, and, and perchance, but they don't do anything. And yeah. you have done an awful lot and have raised wonderful humans and have had a, a good career. And, um, and I like it that, that you're taking the time to acknowledge that yes, perhaps some luck occurred. You still were getting on the airplane and you still were leading the presentations and you still were going to the classes and, and writing the dissertations and doing all of this. That was you and feeding the babies. Yeah, yeah. And I was very, very happy to have both sides of my life. So when I was starting uh, working in Switzerland, um, it was at a science center. It's, um, yeah, it's the carbon copy of uh, the Exploratorium in San Francisco, actually. Oh, interesting. I, yeah. And <laughs> that I, has turned incredibly expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know. There's a lot of uh, uh, also money to be spent for the exhibit. So, but anyhow, I, I started there uh, as um, an assistant to the head of exhibition and, um I was also in charge of developing a new exhibit there. And, oh, and what a fun job. It was such a fun job, yeah. But I was the only uh, working woman there with kids. Mm. So all the other women working there, and um, there were only a few, of course, but uh, those who were there were not married and no one of them had children mm -hmm. because you had only those two choices in Switzerland that time. Either you become a mother of 
kids and have a husband and a family, or you're a working woman. And um, you can imagine it was not so easy because I had three that time. Yeah. And they could not understand how arrogant I could be coming there, having three kids and doing this wonderful job. Yeah. This was a lot so of- did do you mean arrogant in that they think you should take a step back and let someone else do the job? Is that what you mean by that? Yeah, I think what they meant, what they were so angry about is that I had the two worlds in one life and they did oh. not have it and they were jealous. Mm. Um, it was certainly, um, how should I say, uh, they, 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 were, they were brought to that situation because society wanted to them, that to be for them. So mm-hmm. it was negatively sanctioned that you um, should never have kids if you would be successful in work. Mm-hmm. This was something that, that came together at time. Weird thing. Nobody could think of that today. Huh? But that time, you you are either a naughty mom mm-hmm. uh, neglecting your kids and then you're working or uh you just was the caring mom and you you would not work this is so so on a daily basis did you feel this kind of conflict in your body and and you were grappling with it it, it, it sounds stressful <laughs> it, it was it was stressful yeah. in terms of relation mm-hmm. with with these ladies uh it was not stressful for myself because i I'm so lucky that I have a husband who supported me always, and mm-hmm. he always wanted me to become successful also in work. So he also wanted somebody to have to talk to on the same level, mm-hmm. uh, what was very important to him. And um, so I was fortunate, and I'm very thankful. <laughs> I can repeat it several times. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a stressful relation with these ladies because mm-hmm. – they missed something in their life and mm-hmm. they saw it pictured in front of them. Uh, it can be. Mm-hmm. And this made them a lot of stress themselves. Yeah. It was not my stress, but it was theirs. So if you now with, with the wisdom and, and the kind of life experience that you have, if you could go back and, and talk to the younger version of you, what advice would you give her? Um, first of all, I would say repeat it, uh, because I, it was a very nice job. I loved it. And, uh, I, 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 it was the right decision to do that, but maybe I should be more understanding and uh, maybe more empathetic to these ladies, to this secretary of, of the director or so. And um, yeah, I do not know if, if if I could have comforted them in some way. I do not know, but maybe mm-hmm. open the eyes a little bit more in conversations about these different opportunities. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a society uh, societal uh, development stage. It was... Ten, 10 years later, nobody was talking about that anymore. Mm-hmm. But I felt pity and I maybe I should have 
opened my mouth a little bit more about that pettiness that I felt in front of them. And this could have relaxed them a bit, mm. giving them more relief. I, I, I think I could not have changed their lives. I mean, this is something they have become 50 years old, decided not to start a family. And uh, yeah, what should you do? I mean, right. It's only a question of understanding them and with their decisions and their time and their place they are. The transition and and the the kind of coming into peacefulness that you have now, and then you look back at you who were scheduled and, and sometimes maybe used the schedule and the calendar as a bit of a crutch to keep you from feeling all your feelings and, and acting on your emotions and, um, and sort of helping yourself understand the day-to-day activity on a deeper level. Is there anything you're doing now that you wish or, or would advise someone who's currently in the trenches to do? Yeah, actually, um, First, knowing who you are. I think this is this mirroring that you mentioned, this act, yeah, talking with your mm-hmm. own child and yourself. Do you meditate? Uh, Did- I do. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm, yeah. uh, so this is, I think, pretty, pretty close to each other. So, yeah, ab- absolutely. Praying and meditation are, yeah. are the same side yeah. of this, of the I, same I coin, that- as far as I'm concerned, because I think. I think sometimes people think meditation means you're quieting your mind and there's nothing in there except for cotton. And and that's not right. You're, you're still a human with all of your, your brain things. It's just the idea that you're perhaps maybe not dwelling or worrying on one specific thought and you just sort of let it pass. And then um, I like to just ask myself questions. So you saying, knowing who you are. So maybe just really sitting and and quiet. And then if if you liken it to prayer, there's God answering you or your inner being or or your thoughts or your subconscious, depending on uh, what your personal beliefs are. Um, But when you ask good questions, you just sort of, the the void gets filled with some sort of answer. Absolutely. So it's, it's, all about reflection and this is also what i did with my kids with the evening prayer for example that at sitting together at the bed and and uh, reflecting that what has been achieved or not achieved in that day and how you felt about that and what could have been done better for yourself or where you felt not in the right place or where you felt in the right place i think this is something that is so important to reflect and from time to time, I start journaling as well. <laughs> so I'm not the best one in writing down my thoughts. So that's, o- that's okay. I just gave I, a I gave a, a class person. yesterday. <laughs> I gave a class yesterday, and and someone said the same thing. It's like, do I have to journal? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, you have to do what feels good to you. So I um I do like journaling only because I'm a writer, and so I like to go back and look at my thoughts, and sometimes some really good things bubble up, but um. Journaling also helps slow your thoughts down because you're thinking them and then your brain has to tell your hand to write. And so it's just a a different way of processing. 
absolutely true. And uh, what I figure out when I manage the journal, uh, which I do sometimes from, from time to time, and it's not what I achieve daily, but when I do it, um, I'm always astonished what I have written then afterwards. And I'm reading that maybe two or three days later. And um, I, I realize that what I write down is much um, more serious than this vanishing thoughts that you always have. So it's, it's like a thought storm that you might have in the evening if you're reflecting things. And um, you feel in the moment they are very important. But if you try to re re memorize them or uh, remember them the next day, they might be gone. But if you feel them so important that you write them down, they are something. And this is this is of a different quality. This is what I feel. Uh, so it's from time to time, I have the desire to write something down. And when I read it again after a certain period of time, I'm I'm really, really thankful that I could do that. And, and I also reflect that for myself uh, as a step that I yeah, got some knowledge on a certain topic. Um, I actually... You have a lot of knowledge. <laughs> so, I mean, the fact that you've had such... Uh, just a, a very vibrant and, and colored life and, and having a PhD and giving the presentations, like you already know, you know, lots and lots and lots of things. You're, you're, you're able to do that. Um, but what's interesting with journaling is trying to keep yourself from editing and trying to make it perfect. And the, the humbling of not knowing what, might come out it is um it, it's an interesting exercise and especially and i'm not calling you a perfectionist in any way but i i do end up on the phone with a lot of kind of type a driven list oriented check marky people and they do have some perfectionism in them so so yeah cut, cut me off if i'm way off guard <laughs> no it, it, i i completely agree um i think it paves the way for the subconscious things that you're carrying around with yourself. And coming back to the knowing who I am, it's not only about the visible, the, the surface character you have. It's it's a lot about your subconscious. So yeah. what shaped you in your heart, in your character? Um, I do not want to talk about childhood. I mean, this is something, but right. uh, it's always about choices. You did, I think, also mm. in your early uh, at all times, um, and sure. Uh, so it goes back to the whole nature versus nurture kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I once was uh, uh, working a bit with a, a spiritual teacher, and the idea for a meditation is to just sit and um, instead of like the "Who are you?" which is kind of really big and esoteric, and it might freak people out. Of you start with, "I am a lump of flesh," and mm -hmm. then you just say, "And." And then other things just kind of bubble in and, and, mm -hmm. and, and it's just kind of interesting. I've never journaled it out because my thoughts are too fast for me to record. Mm -hmm. At some point it would be fun to have, I'm sure technology will figure this out. Some sort of USB drive that I can just put in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many books I, in there, but they're not. I can out. understand that so well. I, I Sometimes I thought I would need a voice recorder to collect all my ideas that I have. And, 
But I think that the most important work and journaling serves very well for that is prioritizing yes. these things and um, giving them or ordering the value to that um, that they actually do have. Because as I told you, it's a okay, of- okay. So prioritizing, prioritizing what you're currently working on, or or what your your future self wants to create, and then prioritizing. So then you have kind of a day by day action plan. Is that what you mean? Kind of. Yeah. So particularly if you're trying to um, shape your future or have some some decisions to be done, you you try to consider everything at the same time. And uh, maybe deep in your belly, you already know what could be right, but you would not like to accept it. Yeah. yeah? And sometimes it's, it's easier then to use these kind of techniques uh, to get to that very bottom where you are honest as honest can be. And, and then you know what to do. And it spares a lot of time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it, it really does. I, I like I like that analogy of of when you look within and you're asking yourself, well, what do I do next? The answer always comes. It, it, it does. It 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 will flow up. It it absolutely will. Yeah. I I want to be cognizant of our time, but I also know that you have a book recommendation, and I love to recommend books and and different resources. And I like that your book recommendation. Um, might be surprising to our listeners. Uh, yeah, I wrote this about a children's book. Yeah, so I I, I read your lines when you you felt that January this rashness and and yeah when you when you're really not that well up in that moment and oh, I think that's very normal. But I love that uh, author that was very very. Yeah, uh, familiar in, in Germany. Mm-hmm. I think in, in whole Europe. I'm not sure if you know that uh, author in, in US as well, uh, Leoni. So um, it's about a little mouse. Frederick. Frederick. Yeah, Fre- Fre- Frederick the mouse. Um, yeah. So it, is this known in, in the US? Yes. So uh, we're actually in the middle of a thousand piece puzzle. And mm-hmm. it's... Um, Children's book uh, images, graphics, covers. What what yeah. is the word? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's wonderful because you can just work on one little piece at a time. Mm-hmm. But but Frederick the Mouse. I am so glad you brought it up though because I don't know if I've ever actually read it. I've just heard of it. Oh really? It's it, it's a it's a very simple story actually. So there is a one. That's okay. Mouse. I'm a simple person. <laughs> It's a mouse uh, in a flock. Is it flock the right word for that? If you have a group of mice, I don't know. Sure. I don't think you have a flock of mice. We're going to shelve perfectionism for today. So it's a flock of mice. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. So uh, they they are working. So some of them are some collecting some grains. Some are providing the right uh, accommodation for the winter sleep. So when they are covered under snow and then they can uh yeah survive comfortably uh in in the dark winter times and all of these people in this flock or all these mice are very very handsome and and they're collecting a lot and they're doing quite a lot of effort uh yeah for for the whole uh group kind of social behavior what they wanted to demonstrate there and there's one who does not obey to that Mm-hmm. There's only one sitting at the side. This is Frederick, 
and he's watching around and he's looking at the sun and he's counting uh, the daffodils and, and so on and, and the birds. And the others in the flock, they get angry uh, because he doesn't work. And he keeps telling, you know, I'm collecting colors or I'm collecting stories and I'm collecting the beams of the sun. Mm. And it had been that way in the winter times when um, all the uh, things in store, the grains, and so they had been eaten up and it became cold and uh, nobody was really of good mood anymore when this little Frederick started to tell about the beam of the mm. sun. And he tells about the warm, uh, yeah, perception, the absorption of warmth uh, that he had on a sensation on his body when it, the sun hits him. And uh, so all of a sudden, the, the flock feels that as well. And he's telling about the colors and he's telling about um, the flowers and, and the animals and so on. And this made this people in that flock or this mice in that flock uh more confident and and took them out of the depression. Yeah. And I think sometimes, and this is for me very important, not only for myself, but I have to go through the sun, uh, the summer as well, collecting yeah. all these energy in a way, mm -hmm. uh, looking at the beauty and, and looking mm -hmm. at the beneficial things that we cannot store somewhere in a cabinet. Right. Right. And then right. if no, January no. comes, remember that again and put it out of your memory and and rethinking about the blue sky. And yeah, probably in California you do not have that big problem. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's um, cold. I, it's so so I liken humid. it to um like stop saving the fancy soap for the guests and go ahead and light the yummy smelling candles and, and don't save for a special occasion or, or for guests that may or may not come. Um, you, you are the guest in your home and, and treat yourself well. Um, also when you were talking about Frederick, what came up in my brain was the idea that everyone has a gift and it may not match the person right next to you or the person down the street and trying to model the exact same way someone else does something isn't helping you. And, and so really go, go within and figure out what your gift is, what, what sparks light in you and helps you be an inspiration to others. Um, so it, it, and, and humans are, are judgy, <laughs> judgy people, but but just because maybe your your house looks a little different, it doesn't mean inside um, is is disheveled. So if the if the front is disheveled, it very well could be because you're spending all of this time making memories and cookies and 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 cuddling up with your children. And and the idea that we all have to be this court of like cookie cutter Stepford image uh, is is not healthy. Um, and so I love that about Frederick. I love that when people zigged, he zagged. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
No, I, I, it's wonderful. I'm, I'm, thank you. I'm, I'm, so <laughs> I'm in the middle of a 30 day Amazon fast. Um, so when my fast is over, I have a list and then I'll, pr- then because of you, I will prioritize, um, what I will purchase <laughs> when my fast is over. But that sounds like a great book. And chances are I can find it at the library to, to also. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And, uh, as an advice, it's always uh, nice for the kids as well, even if they're grown up. So still my kids oh, yeah. being above the 20s, <laughs> so yeah. they, they really love it as, as well still, because it reminds you about your true purpose. So what what you have to do for yourself to be satisfied with yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you are satisfied with yourself, with your choices that you are doing, yeah, alongside that you are, then yeah. all the others profit from that as well. It's not the case that you are isolated then. So everybody brings in a certain kind of salt into a society. I agree. Before we log off, because I know we're we're running a little late and I want to be respectful of your time. Because your children are grown and have flown the nest and all of these things, do you feel optimistic? about the future? Are, are there things that you're you're looking towards and are excited about? Or are you still kind of processing? Are you in this processing stage and you're not quite ready to be optimistic? I am very optimistic, but probably it's also part of my character. Um, so I have a lot of ideas what, what could be coming next. And um, there are a lot of open uh, things on, on my path in front of me. So, yeah, I'm optimistic in in that way that I I see um, that what I could achieve, I, mm-hmm. where I want to live, for example, with my mm-hmm. husband. So in the future, so I'm commuting 500 kilometers each week uh, to get to my work, which is a decision I did. Sure, when my kids were old enough, but I I was really determined to do the job I wanted to do mm-hmm. and uh, it was the right choice um, mm-hmm. and and I'm I feel that I if I have some other choices to do in the future and there will be some mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I will certainly have that openness and I will have <laughs> sorry okay. um I will have the opportunity to do that in that way that is most beneficial to me and this is a gift yeah yeah I, I think it's a gift too. I um, it, it's it's interesting because it's important to live in the present, but in order to really appreciate the present, you have to kind of know where you're going and know that mm-hmm. you're on the right path. And when you feel as if a chapter is is ended or over, and you don't have something to look forward to, it's when people feel kind of floundery and and upset. And um, just a, a bit discouraged. And so um, I know when it comes to retiring, they you want to have the mindset of you're not retiring from a job, you're 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 retiring into this this yeah. next kind of mm-hmm. exciting um, yeah portion of your life. The question is, oh, I'm sorry, I just need to sneeze here. Oh, you're. Um, <laughs> I no, I mean we're real people, and real people have sneezes. I think that's (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, so. um, I think if you have that notion that the 
book is closed, mm. then you might get stuck. Um, so the book of life, I mean. So, right. it, so some friends of mine, they feel like, because parents are going, are passing mm. away now in yeah. the moment. Yeah. So the, you are the next, huh? Mm-hmm. This is this can be a notion, mm-hmm. <laughs> but actually, um, if you started from that side, then it's probably very depressing. Um, yeah. But if you look at what is possible, and now we come back to that messy kitchen, huh? Mm-hmm. What can be done? What would you like to achieve in the future? Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily need to affect you what others are experiencing. So if their life is at the end, because this is very natural and this is how it should be at a certain point of life, mm-hmm. that's okay. But it's not my life. My life is at that very moment, hopefully. You never yeah. know, but hopefully. Right. Still some ways to go. And um, yeah, and this has to be filled and this, Mm-hmm. There are a lot of ideas if you allow them to to exist, mm-hmm. and if you allow them to come up, and then um, of course, yeah, life is going it, on, and then you have some choices to do, and and you probably will go for that what you prefer yeah. most. Yeah, and and grief is 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 such a long and winding road for everyone when when they are losing parents and, and losing loved ones. But if you take a few minutes and just think from the loved one's perspective, they would not want you to stop living at all. No, nobody would. But some people feel if there are too many uh, people passing away in a short time, it's understandable that you get depressed and that you are oh, lacking yeah. the relation and, and, and everything. But it's not about only the relation you had with other people. It's about relation that you have with yourself, and it's about what you would like to achieve in your life yourself. Um, yeah, people. I, I mean, maybe this is a little bit extreme, but people who really cannot get to their feet again after they have experienced a lot of losses. Mm-hmm. I know that. I know it from my personal experience in the last two or three years. But if they do not get back to their feet, um, it can be that their overall problem in their life is that they need others, other people to approve them permanently. They're, they are not really um, enough for themselves. Mm. So they, they would need somebody who says then that they are so valuable. Yeah. And if they are now gone, external validation instead yeah, of internal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's probably the right wording for that. So if you're used to only um flourish in, in that way that other people give you acceptance and, and 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 value, then of course this is way more difficult to get back on the feet. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, it sounds so cliche and bumper stickery, but you really do need to be your own best friend. And, um, and they say, yeah, you come into the world alone and you leave the world alone. And it, it sounds maybe cold and, and heartless, but, and that's not 
where I mean it from. And I know, Denise, that's not where you mean it from. You mean it from a place of you have to truly love unconditionally every bitty bit of you and wrap yourself up in a warm, cozy blanket and and just know that um, it'll be okay. And um, there, there's more to come on the horizon and um and and make some plans and and do some things and and obviously as a caveat if if you're in a dark place and you can't get out then um seek help yeah absolutely i do not want to blame anybody for that yeah. i mean this is very natural that you get depressed yeah. and and i also experience that i mean not everything is no it's not all hunky dory <laughs> we're we're actual humans yeah <laughs> So yeah. sunshine is nice, but uh, it's not the only thing that that no. complicates your life. Uh, but yeah, that that said, next to me, next to me, I've got my my vitamin D daylight lamp, so I can turn it back oh. on. Ooh, look! Now I have a glow around my face. <laughs> so, so, so yes, the, you, there are times when the sun isn't shining, and you are definitely in a place. But if you can somehow bring summon the sun towards you in some way, even if it means turning on your $29.99 Amazon sunlight lamp. <laughs> Absolutely. And you have to take care for that. Yeah. You have to be active in that. Uh, it's not for granted that other people would serve the sunlight for you. Yeah. Nobody would. Beside yeah. Frederick. I mean. <laughs> Good old Frederick. All right. I think I think that is on my agenda. All right, Denise. I, I want to sign off here because we've been over an hour, but I just... I am so thankful for you spending so much time with me today. And, and I know, I know this is such a valuable episode and you're going to help so many people. And um, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you this. so much. Thank you for having me. And uh, I enjoy, really enjoy that being with you here. And yeah, I, I really uh, continue enjoying your podcast and, and everything that you're yeah, doing there. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.